This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our show today. Once again, we are broadcasting from lovely Mira Mesa uh, in San Diego, California. And, you know, Ahanu always says that I need to report the weather. It is. Uh, overcast right now. We actually had a full day of rain yesterday uh, with cloudy skies and numerous car accidents because it seems like they're not used to rain, I guess. I don't know. Uh Anyway, but uh, we woke up to a little bit of fog and now it is clearing up and it does look like the sun is going to come out today. Uh Well, this is deeply, deeply similar to me as I speak of the weather back in Ireland, this is like an Irish autumn or fall day is what it's like. little mist, a little fog, and we anticipate the sun to come out. But it's actually nice. It's, it's washing the streets and it's cleaning the cars and it's washing. The plants are absolutely soaking it up. And I'm not sure how often they get rain here in California, but this really feels like a blessing, doesn't it? It's a cleansing. It's a washing away, and it's an anticipation, actually, of something nice to come. I actually thought it was very romantic yesterday, Ahana, because uh, we are, you know, now into the Christmas season, and uh, people are putting up their decorations and uh, buying gifts. And, you know, I've had such a difficult time feeling like Christmas in a very warm climate, and I don't know if I can pull it off this year, Hanno, but I have to say that yesterday, with the rain and the cloud cover, I thought, now, now I can feel a little Christmassy, because this is like a, a fall day or something where you're, after Thanksgiving, where you're heading into Christmas, and uh, of course, it never really gets cold, even though the people here are all bundled up in winter clothing, and I'm looking for short sleeve shirts and skirts. It is indeed a case of what you're used to. And we found that our Floridian friends, for example, as even if it gets into the 70s, they want to turn their heating on. And the same thing is true of Californians. They're actually bundled up, as you say, Angel Rose. And it, it's funny to watch because we see this as it's almost like a summer's day, really, isn't it? Beautiful temperatures. Now, we spoke about the rain and water. And we've got a fascinating program for you today because we have a marvelous gentleman in the studio with us, Roy Dudgeon. We'll be introducing him very, very shortly. He is a master dowser. So we'll be talking about dowsing for water. So water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. Lots to talk about today. But before we get to that, we have a few announcements. Do you want to start, Angel Rose? No, Ahana, what are announcements? (laughs) I'm going to let you do that. Okay, I've got plenty of them. First of all, the Eight Steps to Freedom is a program we've been running for since September, actually, and it'll finish in in March or April. It's an eight-month program, and it is absolutely wonderful. I'm not going to go into too much detail over the air about it because it's quite complex, but absolutely fascinating at the same time. But if you want more information about it, go to ahanu.com. That's my spiritual name, A-H-O-N-U.com, forward slash eight steps 
to freedom and that's hyphenated and it's the number eight eight steps to freedom find out information about that plus she's not too keen to speak about the announcements about her book a time of change Angel rose's new book is really really hitting it off big time here in california we have been, we're in a bookshop yesterday and the owner of the bookstore absolutely delighted thrilled with the book really really over the top with praise for her book so get hold of that at a time of that's all one word at time of now not to sound too commercial uh, and Angel Rosa smiles at me when I say that. But every time I mention about our mystical and sacred sites tour of Ireland, this is something that really, really everybody that we encounter says they want to travel to Ireland, but they don't want to do the regular tourist route. So if anybody is interested at all in chasing your roots or just visiting the sacred sites of Ireland or just going to Ireland with somebody who knows what's going on and where's the best place to visit and stay off the main tourist trail, do contact us and you will find details on our 2013 trip to Ireland. Yes, we will be here. Uh, Mystical Ireland, or one word, mysticalireland.holistic.ie And then we also have just arrived, as you know, in San Diego, California, and we've set up our first group Akashic Record session, which is next Thursday. And you can find out all the information about that by going to the Meetup website, meetup.com, and search for Akashic Record Group, Akashic Records Group, or just search for A-H-O-N-U or Angel Rose. And the spelling of that is A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E. And if anybody wants to contact us on the show today, you can either email angelrose at angelrose.com or the guest call in line is 805-292-0349. Well, thank you for that, Ahanu. And yes, we've made been making wonderful connections here. And ironically, people are reacting to us like we are old soul friends. And certainly, we're making some old soul friends connections. So... I think it's a good reminder that they're everywhere, Arnaldo, that no matter where you go, you will find soul family uh, in every location around the globe. So I hope that's encouraging for people. Now, uh, I don't have any other announcements. Are we ready to bring on our special guest today? Yes, indeed we are. And this gentleman by the name of Roy Dutch, or Dudge as he is known to his friends, is a past president of the Appalachian Dowsers and a member of the American Society of Dowsers. He is a retired purchasing agent, and he worked in the manufacturing industry in Pennsylvania, where he was born, and he lived most of his life before moving to South Carolina. He grew up in a small coal mining town south of Pittsburgh, and he was exposed to many folk and ethnic practices, much of which we'll be hearing about this morning, and one of which was doodlebugging or water witching. Fascinated by what those possibilities are. But he's made a lifelong study of energy-related topics and is a student of Raymond Grace. He'll be speaking to us today about the various forms of dowsing. So let's welcome Roy Dudgeon. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. Well, I have to tell you that dowsing has been something that has fascinated me throughout my life, and I've never really had an opportunity to actually go forth and study it, although I... I am aware that its benefits must be immense. So could you could you start us out um, giving us a little bit of your own story with dowsing, and then if you could tell us what dowsing actually is. 
Well, my first exposure to dowsing, I was about four years old, and I was visiting my uncle and his wife at their home, and my uh, aunt was pregnant at the time, and her mother was there with her. Now, her mother was from Italy, and she was one of those uh, old ladies that dressed completely in black, always had a shawl over her head and rosary beads wrapped around her hand, and she, to me as a little boy, she was quite intimidating. Well, she took my aunt's wedding ring, hung it on a string, and held that wedding ring over her stomach, and she doused the sex of the baby. Wow. <laughs> it was a boy, and uh, she, uh, you know, which is a 50-50 shot, and obviously, but uh, I was told later on that people said, oh, she was always right, she was always right, so... I've done it a couple of times, and I'm two for two on my grandbaby, so I'm always right. (laughs) (laughs) And do you believe, Roy, that it is is always right? Is it the case, or can somebody get something like that wrong? I mean, can Uh, can the pendulum be wrong? The pendulum uh, will give you the information that you ask for. The key phrasing of it sometimes is in the way we asked the question and what our intention was. Uh, it's not an exact perfect science, and if you ask 10 dowsers to douse the same item, you might get 10 different answers. Mm-hmm. So it's so, really the interpretation. It really works. Dowsing works through our intuition, and we're using mm-hmm. the pendulum or rod to access that information that our conscious mind and five senses can't. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it, the, the, you know, it's giving us information to make a decision. It's not the decision maker itself. So. Yes. Well, tell us, for, for those who, who don't know anything about dowsing, can you tell us what, what it actually is? What, what goes on and what instruments you use? Tell us about what happens. Well, <clears throat> most people are familiar with, when they hear the word dowsing, they're thinking of an old-timer walking through a field with a forked stick. And that's really uh, one of the ways that we water dowsing or doodle bugging is what we used to call it in Pennsylvania. Uh, that is just searching for the energy that the water produces so that they can locate the site for a well. Now, today, we use L-rods. Now, an L-rod is just a L-shaped piece of metal that can be made very simply by taking a coat hanger, a wire coat, and cutting the pieces off of it about 18 inches long forming it into an L shape, using a plastic straw, cutting it down and using it for a sleeve and holding it in your hand and just walking across an area and and asking to show me where the water is. And the energy of the earth uh, with this water sense will cross, and many times it's easy to locate water or water pipes primarily is what people look for now, water pipes. Now, how does this work? That's the thing. How does How does dowsing work? Well, dowsing allows us to type in the, the subtle energy that surrounds and flows through everything. And another term for subtle energy would be prana or chi. I call this the quantum field. And the quantum field is a holographic matrix that encompasses and flows through all that exists. Uh, another name for this could be universal consciousness, God, the Holy Spirit. It's all the same. When the dowser asks his question, he is accessing this source, he's getting into it, and the subtle energy is received, is transmitted through his body. Microscopic muscular movements 
cause the dowsing instrument to move, indicating the answer. The pendulum or the L rod or the fork stick is just the tool. And I can tell you an interesting story going back to my youth in Pennsylvania about this. My first pendulum was actually a plumb bob that was used by stonemasons. My father was laying the foundation for our house, and he uh, was using a plumb bob to use uh, to develop a straight line so he could get the, uh, the block in the straight line. A plumb bob is just a heavy weight. Maybe this one was about three or four inches long. Maybe weighed a pound and was hung on a very heavy piece of twine. And it hung down and gave him a perpendicular line to line his blocks. My job was to take this thing and move it to the next location. So I picked up the pen, the plumb ball by the string and I moved it. I noticed as I was holding it, it was going around in a circle. But when I put it back on the nail, it stopped moving. So my grandfather was there, and I asked him about it. I said, well, what's going on? And, and being an old coal miner, he told me that is the power of the coal mine coming up through you and moving the the plumb bob in a circle. And when you hang it up, you're, it's no longer connected to you. Interesting. Yeah. And that's pretty much how I thought of... Uh, of how that energy is connected, you know, and, and, it's, and uh, ever since I've developed on that thing because uh, that's pretty much what we think it is. It's not mm-hmm. the dowsing instrument. It's the person who is the dowser that is just using the instrument as a readout device. Yes. Like the needle and on a gauge. Well, coming from Ireland, it's 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 normal for young people in Ireland to be familiar with myths and legends and, and uh, old wives' tales and that kind of thing. Unfortunately, it's starting to die out in this modern day, but nonetheless, what I'm, what I'm fascinated about is the fact that in Pennsylvania, you would have been exposed to that type of folklore and that type of, of ancient knowledge and beliefs. So was there, yeah. Seriously now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in this because the folklore of many of the different states around the United States is, is very similar in lots of ways, but it, in many cases it hasn't transferred into the modern day. Do you know what I mean? Yes, well, in southwestern Pennsylvania, where I grew up, which is just south of, of Pittsburgh, we were in uh, what they called a coal patch. It was a coal mining town. It just was a few houses that encircled the mine, and everybody that lived in that town either worked in the mine or, or supported the people that, that did. Uh, we didn't have uh, a lot of doctors. We didn't have a doctor. We didn't have a pharmacy. Uh, we had granny ladies. <laughs> and the granny ladies were the local healers and the local pharmacists and the you know, the herb healers and the people that, that did that type of work. So I used to sing, and I told you about my aunt's uh, mother-in-law, who, the type of things that she did. And that was a lot of the type of work she did tell you how I first saw anybody dows, I was a young fellow, maybe 10, 12 years old, and a friend, one of the friends in the neighborhoods was uh, moving out to the country and uh, was going to build a house on a farm. So a bunch of us kids piled in the back of his pickup truck and went out to see what was going on, and he was meeting the well driller there that day. The well driller pulls up and he's got the drilling rig on the back of his truck, and an old fella gets out, he was driving the truck, gets out, and he looks around, and he goes to a tree, and he cuts a branch off the tree. He cuts a forked stick. And he starts to, holds the forked stick in front of him, and he 
begins to walk very methodically through the property. And in about 10 minutes' time, I'm watching the whole time, in about 10 minutes' time, this fork stick takes a nosedive straight to the ground. He sticks the fork in the ground, waves, and his two sons who were in the drilling rig came over, set up the drilling rig, and, and within a few hours, they had hit water and had water flowing. That's that is, that more is than so, 50 years ago. Yeah, that is so amazing. I always find that so fascinating. And, um, and Hill, so because you're a professional dowser, uh, Roy, tell us how how have you used dowsing in your in your life? Well, using dowsing, there's two types of uh, dowsing, uh, two broad types. One is tangible dowsing, or looking for things that are physically in this uh, world. That's be dowsing uh, for minerals or water, or looking for a lost pet, or things of that nature. The other type is intangible dowsing, and that's when we're asking questions to help us make a decision. One example is is whether you can, uh, is a food item or is a a vitamin beneficial to use at this moment? Well, we do that, I do it, by teaching people to use a circular chart that has numbers on it from 1 to 10. If we simply ask if the item is beneficial for us, Getting a yes answer does not really tell you how good it is. It says, oh, yeah, it's beneficial. Well, if you use the chart and ask what is the level of benefit, you can get a reading on it. Maybe a two isn't reason enough, but an eight may be. And then you make the decision yourself. Yeah, I know for myself, Roy, that I don't entirely trust myself with a pendulum. I, I think I've been able to influence it so much that I don't really trust that it will always give me the right answer. Can you tell me two questions? One, what is the part of the person um, that is coming forth with in, in, the, in the pendulum, first of all, when they ask a question? And number two, um, you know, how can I solve the problem of feeling that I'm influencing it the way I want to influence it? Well, first of all, I'm going to ask everybody, we're going to do a little maybe a little pendulum dowsing exercise here. So if anybody at home has got a pendulum with them or something they can use as a pendulum. Now, a pendulum very simply is a weight on a string. It can be anything. It can be a, a diamond pendant or it can, uh, can be a steel machine nut on a, hanging on a string. Uh, for demonstration purposes in front of people, I use a wooden egg, full-size wooden egg so they can see it. But if you have a pendulum, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll actually do some pendulum dowsing. Now, what happens when you douse or whenever you ask the simple steps that you take, if you're doing the first step, the first step that you do in dowsing is to decide what the question is and what you're going to douse, what you're going to say, okay? Uh, is First, you know, I, I'm deciding, okay, I want to say, is this, vitamin good for me today. And then the next thing we do is we ask permission of the dowsing system. That's kind of what turns it on. We say, do I have permission to do this? Is Do I have the ability to do this? And should I do this? And if we get a negative response in any aspect of that, then we don't. We, pers- we wait for another time to do it. The next thing we do is we get our pendulum out and 
we start to work with the pendulum. Now, I'm going to go over, when we do a little pendulumism, I'll go over exactly how we get the pendulum to move and how it works. The, the main thing when doing anything with that is we have to have the right question. We have to ask the question correctly. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, my wife had lost a pair of glasses, couldn't find them in. I said, well, we'll dowels for them. And I asked, where are Joan's glasses? Well, in five minutes, we found three pair of Joan's glasses. Neither, none of them, none of them were the ones she'd lost. So I said, well, let's, let's rephrase the question. Are Joan's new glasses with the brown frames in the house? we got to know. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, are Joan's glasses, brown new glasses with the brown frames in her car? I got an answer for a yes, and she went out to the car, and there were her glasses. So it's really the phrasing of the nice. question that makes the deal. Yes, yes. And I yes. think that's true in anything. Okay? Yeah, be careful what you ask for, huh? And yes, because you might get it or you might get something else completely that you didn't know you asked for. Okay, uh, so if we take our pendulum and we ask this question, that's the main thing. We get the permissions, we ask the question, then we let the pendulum do its work, and then whenever we, and we don't, one of the things that that's very common, we don't think of the answer. We think of the question. Because it's very in, easy to influence what you want to be the result that you get, rather than what you should, what the actual answer is. And once you get an answer, whether it be yes, no, or one ten, whatever, uh, you ask another question: Is this correct? And condition uh-huh. a yes or a no. You're checking. You're double checking your work. Okay. Okay. Now, I, I believe that everybody can learn to dials at some level. Uh, I use the analogy of singing. Everyone can sing. Yes. For some, it's the, it's the Metropolitan Opera, or for others, it's the morning shower. You know, okay. uh, believing, that, <laughs> believing that you can do it, and having the desire to do it, and accepting the results are really what's necessary, along with a lot of practice. So, if you get a minute uh, for everybody to get their pendulum out, I'd just like to give them a, a brief lesson of how a pendulum works and see if we can get them to work. Okay. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay. First of all, if you have a pendulum, and again, anything can be a pendulum, it's just a weight suspended on a string, the first thing we have to do is to get this thing to move. Now, normally what we do to do that is take the pendulum in your uh, dominant hand, that's usually the one you write with, and hold it as close to the actual pendulum weight as possible. Hold out your other hand flat in front of you with the palm down. Hold the pendulum over the hand and gradually let the string slip down a little bit at a time so that you're letting more string out and and just do it very slowly. And whenever the pendulum begins to move, That is the right length for that pendulum. Now, it may swing right to left. It may swing in a circle. Generally, it will go in a circle. So whenever you just pull with that a little bit until you get the pendulum to move. This is the hardest part of starting is to get your pendulum to move. So once the pendulum is swinging and you've got the length on the chain or string, it should be going in a circle. Turn your hand over so that the palm is up. If you're doing this right now, you may notice that the pendulum has stopped 
and reversed its direction and now is spinning the opposite direction of it was before. Okay, Kevin's having a little bit of a, a problem. It's probably because his pendulum is a turtle, and you know how slow-moving they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, the odd shape may move a little bit differently, but if you look <laughs> through your fingers until it begins to move, now it doesn't have to go in a circle. It could be going right to left. It could be going away from you and back towards you. Whatever it does, just to be, we're trying to get it to move. Mm-hmm. Using the, using the energy of your body. What if it doesn't move, Roy? Well, if it doesn't move, we're going to make it move. Eventually, a lot of people say, well, a pendulum doesn't move. One of the reasons is you've got to move that string up and down and let that string relax until you found an area where the actual device itself is. Because a pendulum is just a string hanging from a fulcrum. And with the slightest movement of your hand, you can make it move. So mm-hmm. it's just like a training wheel. So, you know, you, you, until you get your balance, you may need training wheels. So move, make it move yourself. Make it move in a clockwise circle just to get the feeling of how it feels when it moves. Okay. Uh, but is, is that you influencing the pendulum then? See, this is, this is part of Angel's question about, you know, what part of us is, is making this happen? Do you know, is it you physically making it move or does it ha- somehow have a life of its own? The pendulum doesn't. The energy that comes through the quantum field or comes from the higher consciousness through our intuition is what's controlling your muscular movements. Okay? That's why when you hang a pendulum up on a nail somewhere, it doesn't move. You are moving it. Right. Okay? It's coming through you to help you to move it. And why is the length of the string important? Why would that be a factor? Well, well, best I could figure it, if you if you look take a look at uh, anything that has to do with physics, uh, it's really just a mechanical device that moves from a fulcrum, and the movability of that is tuning the instrument to yourself to whatever the movements are that you make. And these once if you've ever seen anybody that that is experienced in dowsing, some of them move their hands all over the place. I like to think yeah. my yes. hand doesn't move. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think well, my hand know, doesn't move. That's the one thing that really, uh, you know, turned me off is is seeing somebody's hand physically moving. And to me, you know, I, I immediately just said, look, they're they're moving that. You know, does not you can see the physical movement so clearly that it was like as if they were contriving the answer. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And what are what they're actually doing? And after you dowse for a while and work with experienced dowsers, they actually know the answer before the pendulum starts to move. Because they're intuitively accessing the, the 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 field and the higher consciousness, and it's actually coming through them, and the reaction of the pendulum is actually an after effect of knowing the answer. The, wow! There's there's one of the things is a gentleman named Sid Lundgren who uh, is a very good teacher of uh, of dowsing, and uh, he uh, one of the things that he talks about all the time is that eventually that. To be a great dowser, to learn to dowse is one thing. Eventually, you'll get to the point where you don't need a device. You're not using a pendulum or an L rod or a bobber. Right. But you have the answer already. And I know several people that do it that way. They don't use a pendulum. They are mm-hmm. feeling it. They're in their chest or in their heart or in their hands. Yes, that makes sense. Much like, much like an energy healer does. Now, give you an example. 
a lot of people work with the emotion code or the lifeline. Mm-hmm. And they do muscle testing. A lot of folks do muscle testing. And yes, you do it well, as a person. Right. Well, that is the same effect as dowsing. Your muscles don't lie. <laughs> you know, you can, mm-hmm. and that is coming through just like you hold and feel the resistance and the relaxing of the muscle. That's pretty much how dowsing works. It comes through you and through those micro muscles that are called ideal motological movements. Yes. They actually move the pendulum. Do you think right, that people can take it too far? Now, I, I'm asking particularly about a, a friend of ours who, you know, when she goes in a, a, a shopping center or a mall, or a sh- she actually goes up and down the aisles, you know, um, muscle testing. Will I buy this washing powder or will I buy, buy this brand of milk? You know, to me, I think she's way over the top, but you can see her visibly doing her muscle testing using her thumb and forefinger, or so much so that she's she's almost worn the skin off her fingers from doing it. <laughs> well, I've been to the uh, dowsing convention in Vermont and uh, stood in the, uh, they have it at a college there, and they have a cafeteria where everybody takes their meals. And I've stood in that line and watched some of the, uh, uh, folks up there, they douse every item on the salad bar, and they douse every item on the hot table. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just then they're doing it with a pendulum. I mean, a lot of people use the finger rubbing that you were talking about, the finger <laughs> resistance and that thing. So they actually take a pendulum out and do it. So, I mean, it's whether that's extreme or which, if it works for them, then do it. You know, whatever works right. for you, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that doesn't make it right or wrong to me. It's just what different folks do, different things for different people. Yes. Okay. Now, look, go back to that exercise because Angela Rose is having a marvelous time here. She's got my turtle on a string, and uh, she, it, it's actually moving for her, and she's really thrilled with herself because I, I, I know from being married to this wonderful lady for so long, she has she's actually been adverse to dowsing simply because she felt she was influencing the outcome. But now she's 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 got a smile on her face. Well, you should see her. You you've actually made her day. <laughs> Now, I'd do something else, see if we can make it a little better. If she's sitting down, okay, she can take yeah, the pendulum and hold it over her right knee. Hold it over, the, and this is the same for the listeners, hold the pendulum in that correct string length over your right knee and see okay. what happens. Okay. It looks now, like it's going it's from side to side. No. Okay. It's not side to side. It's up and down, like along the length of her, of her leg. Okay. Now... Go to the other leg. Go to the left knee. Mm-hmm. And see if you get any reaction. And tell me what that reaction is. It's going around in a circle. Okay. 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 Now, the reason that you get that is different sides of your body, as you know from energy work, is the yang and the yin side. The energy flows differently, just like it did on the front and back of your hand. Now, take the pendulum and put it between your knees. What happened? Oh, my God. <laughs> We're speaking about dowsing here now, Roy, aren't we? Yes. This, this turtle is freaking out. The area between your knees is actually the neutral position. Well, this turtle is going around in a circle all excited. <laughs> you do it again. Now, 
influencing that. I never tell anybody that it's the way that a pendulum swings. You should. And you read some literature, some books will say a yes is up and back and forth, and a no is you know right to the left, like you're shaking your head no, and circular yes. and count. Everybody has a different reaction. Right. What you have to do is find out what your pendulum reacts to you. So you've got to find out what the yes and the no is for you because that's the be first different. thing. What is yes and no? And you right. do that by saying, asking the pendulum, show me yes. Mm-hmm. Show me no. So what reaction, maybe this is the wrong question. I was going to ask you what reaction should she have had between her knees, no. but you're saying that's individual to everybody. It's, it's individual. Many people, that pendulum will just stop dead and won't move. Some people will okay. swing in a, it'll, it'll go to and fro or right to left. Some people, yes, yes. that is actually the neutral position, but everybody's different. Right. Yeah. Everybody's yes, energy flows different. But as you should get a different reaction from right knee to left knee. Office, it'll be exact. Sometimes with me, mm-hmm. my right leg will go clockwise, my left knee will go counterclockwise, and in the middle is straight down, doesn't move at all. Well, now, Roy, you have answered an amazing question for for Angel Rose because she has struggled with this for years and years and years. And I, too, because, as I said, I see people who are dousing, and immediately, you know, when I see the hand physically moving, I say to myself, "Uh uh-uh, you know, (laughs) they're they're influencing this. But now you've explained it, it makes absolute sense. And she she is having a reaction here between her knees, which is is quite startling, actually. It's because you... It's because he keeps staring there. <laughs> no, no, we're on we a family show. <laughs> we're talking about dowsing. And so what else can we do now that we have, we've mastered the length of the string and, and we've found out a yes and a no? What else can one do with this? mentioned earlier about having a... Uh, well, it's very simple. If you take a protractor and draw a half circle on it, you can number that thing uh, like 1 to 10. And that's when you can ask your question is, is this beneficial to me? Or what is the level of benefit to me is the better answer. And then if you ask, you know, is something beneficial to me, it might say yes, but it only might be on a level of 1 to 10. It might be a 1. If it's a, That might not be enough to even actually influence your decision. If it says it's an 8 or a 9 or a 10, then that, I would say, well, that's definitely beneficial to me. Now, I'm going to do another little exercise, too. There's one of the things that I've learned from my teacher is a fellow named Raymond Grace. I don't know if you're familiar with Raymond or not. Yeah, we've heard Raymond, uses, Raymond uses a dowsing a little bit differently. Raymond's principles that, and these are scientific principles, and he's kind of restating things that Einstein says, that everything is composed of energy. Energy follows thought, and energy can be imposed on matter, meaning we can do things to actually change our lives and change our existence and to the benefit. One of these ways is that we can remove negative energy either from ourselves or from our home, our family, our property, or whatever. We can do that. And one of the ways that we do that, if you want to take a second, we'll just sit down and we'll, we'll, we'll think of what we want to do and we'll set our intention and then we'll go ahead and do it. 
Okay. We're going to start. With just a first. second, Roy, let, let us just remind our listeners that you're listening to the Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu, and we're speaking with Roy Dudgeon, who's a master dowser and president of the past of the Appalachian Dowsers and a member of the American Society of Dowsers. Go ahead, Roy. Okay, what we're going to do is take your pendulum and we're going to set our intent. And our intent is that we are going to remove negative energy from ourselves and our home and our possessions. Okay, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to start by asking you to make sure we have our pendulum in front of us. I'm going to ask for permission. Can I do this? Do I have the ability to do it? Do I have permission to do it? Should I do it? And we should get a positive response, whatever you feel your positive response is. I said, if you got a no to that question, why would no, that be? No, it may not be the right time. You may not be in the right okay. frame of mind. Uh, you may not. There may be outside distractions or internal something going on with you that where you will not be able to access the field. Access okay. that information. It's like getting ready to pray, and you're offering up a prayer, and you're just thinking about something else. Your your hearts and mind aren't in it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that now, you once you've got these positives, and you know you're ready to do it, then you say, "Okay, I'm going to move this energy." So, first thing we do is we are going to remove any non-beneficial energy that surrounds ourselves, our homes, our family, and our possessions in this location. So we hold our pendulum up, and what we're going to do is we're going to remove that energy. The next thing we're going to do is scramble the frequency of it, because every energy is everything is composed of energy. We're going to scramble the frequency of it, and then we're going to transform that energy back into positive, beneficial energy for our greater good. Okay? Now here's how we do that. We take the pendulum. We ask our permissions. We've stated what we're going to do. We're going to remove this negative energy. We scramble it, transform it into positive energy. So we hold our pendulum up, and our pendulum will begin to circle. Just imagine it in your mind's eye. Circle to counterclockwise. And counterclockwise is the negative portion. It's the removal. That's the Wittershins port, the way it spins. That is removing the negative energy. And we just keep imagining that that every time that thing rotates, and if it isn't rotating, rotate it. Make it just enough movement in your hand to get it to rotate itself, and eventually it'll pick up the momentum of what you're doing. That is mm-hmm. removing this negative energy, and we're going to scramble the frequencies of this energy. We're going to just just turn it from a molecular level. We're going to scramble the frequency of it, and it should be continuing to spin in a counterclockwise position. Mm-hmm. And we're going to. We're going to transform this energy into positive, beneficial energy for our higher good. Now, whenever that pendulum is continuing to swing counterclockwise, and eventually, when it's removed all this energy and scrambled the frequency, it will stop spinning counterclockwise and stop and reverse its direction and begin to spin clockwise. Now it is transforming that energy into beneficial energy for our higher good. Hmm. Now, wow. it, may take some, it may take some work to do this, but again, you can, if, it's not, if the pendulum is not moving, you can make it move. It's your intention that does it. It's working with your intention. 
Wow, I'm impressed, Roy. This pendulum moving in a clockwise direction now. It it started off anti-clockwise, it came to a standstill, and now it's swinging in a clockwise direction. Right, and you're transferring, now you're transforming the energy to positive, beneficial energy for your greater good. Now, eventually, wow. when that pendulum stops swinging completely and goes to a neutral position, or sometimes it'll swing and give you a positive position indicating that the work is done and I always end up by saying and so it is. Mm. Wow, so really there's there's no limit to what you can use. No, so there far. Yeah. No, and what we're trying to do in, in working with the dowsers is uh, the foundation for dowsing is obviously the, the, the water dowsing or water witching and that's something that we uh, you know, it's still the foundation of it, and people still do it. But now energy work, energy healing, uh, especially with the change that's coming and a lot of things that, that need to be done, it's very important that you understand how to do these things. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's something, I, like I said, I give you the singing analogy. Uh, some people can sing like they're singing opera, and other people kind of like screech along, but they're still singing. And mm-hmm. eventually... Uh, your singing may not improve, but if you practice long enough, I'm sure your dowsing will. Yes. Now, you you thought it was an absolutely wonderful exercise there, and I'm sure our listeners would be, be really, really appreciative of that. You've certainly broken through a barrier for us in terms of the use of dowsing and opened up the possibility of dowsing. It seems to me, from what you're saying, is that it's a very, very personal thing. So why would there be a need for an American society of dowsers? What, what, what's the of having a, a group like that? I mean, is it, is it a controlling type of a, a mechanism or a regulatory body, or what is the society about? Well, what the American Society of Dowsers does, it, it gives a common ground for people of like minds to get together. Uh, there's a, if you go to, uh, and I went to one national, national convention uh, two years ago in Vermont, and there were people there of uh, that did water dowsing. There were people there that did feng shui, which is another thing that uses dowsing, maybe in a different direction, but it uses energy management and energy manipulation. Uh, There were people there that that did different types of energy healing that um, talked about science and how how dowsing, uh, science hasn't caught up with dowsing. And these things, and one of the biggest things that they do is called Water for Humanity. And they go out to different areas in uh, third world countries and help them establish water and and purity of water. So it's more of a social educational group than than anything else. Um, and does the society do training as well, Roy? Like if somebody yes, wants they to do the training, and that's yeah. that's a very big part of it. Matter of fact, uh, the education part of it is a very big part. In our Asheville chapter. We have the gentleman who was their edu- educator of the year, fellow named Lee Barnes, and among other things, that Lee is a professional dowser, but he is an excellent teacher of dowsing. Uh, uh, if uh, somebody would be in the Western North Carolina area up here, our Appalachian chapter, he teaches a basic dowsing course at the chapter uh, at every meeting, every quarterly meeting. Now, if someone wanted to find out if there was a chapter, they can, in their area, or a group meeting in their area, they can go to the uh, Dowsers website, which is dowsers.org. Very simple. 
elders.org, and you can look up to see if there is a chapter in your area, and they'll give you the contact information if there is or if there's some people in that area. Now, that's a good opportunity to give out your contact details if somebody wants right. to contact you directly. So, Well, our, our chapter is called the Appalachian Chapter, and the, uh, rather than spelling out Appalachian, we just use wncdowsers.org, WNC for Western North Carolina, dowsers.org. And on there is contact information. There's also some, some uh, in, interesting links to other dowsing sites, and there's some instructional information on there also. And how would... Uh, no, let me ask about the services that you, in, as an individual, or your chapter, what, what kind of services do you offer people? Well, various members of our chapter can do various different things. Uh, obviously, we get calls a lot of time for property dowsing and water dowsing. Uh, uh, sometimes people have uh, incidents to locate lost pets. Uh, we have one of our... Uh, dowsing elders was used to locate a missing person uh, in another state. He did that via what we call map dowsing. He used to map and dowsing over it. Unfortunately, he did locate the person, but it did, did not have a good turnout ending. Uh, there's, there's, just, uh, there's a lot of people who specialize in different types of dowsing. One of our dowsers works exclusively with pets. She is a pet communicator. And uh, she she is able to communicate with pets uh, oh. by using dowsing. And there's also some people that are doing some work now uh, along the autism spectrum and communicating with autistic uh, folks. Right. Yeah. Now you you're from um, Pennsylvania originally, but you're living in South Carolina. And as you know, we lived in North Carolina ourselves for quite some time. But in the South, as everybody knows, the, the Bible Belt tends to look very negatively on anything to do with psychic. So how do you find that the work that you do, and dowsing in general, how does that sit with the community? Do they accept it? Do they understand it? Or do they look at, do they, well, do they put a white, burn a white cross on your lawn or what happens? <laughs> I think you have to pick your audience. I, uh, down in, now, I lived in Hendersonville for a few years in the Nashville area, and people are a little more... Uh, they're a little more spiritually, yeah, or I would hate to use the term new age, but they uh, tend to think a little differently. Down, and you get into the Bible Belt areas, uh, there are a lot of folks that may turn, uh, even in within your own family. So I think you really have to, to pick what you're doing and who you make yourself known to. Because people are entitled to their freedom of whatever they say and think, and you have to respect that too. Mm-hmm. I don't try to convert anybody. Right. Okay, let's, let's just pause there for a moment and remind our listeners that you're listening to Ange Rose and Ahanu on the Honest to God series. If anybody would like to call in to the show, it's 805-292-0349. Or if anybody wants to contact us directly, it's angelrose at angelrose.com. That's A-I-N-G-E-A-L. R-O-S-E dot com. And we're speaking with Roy Dudgeon, who is the past president of the Appalachian Dowsers and a member of the American Society of Dowsers. And if anybody wants to contact him, you can go to wnc.dowsers.com or appalachiandowsers.org. 
Now, this is an ideal opportunity to remind our listeners also that we are sponsored today by Diamond Sun Hosting, consciously hosting your spiritual website since 1993. To contact Diamond Sun, go to diamondsunhosting, that's all one word, dot com. And if you wish to sponsor an episode or the full Honest to God series, contact us at angelrose at angelrose.com. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Yes, and Roy, I would like to ask you how you clear land or clear somebody's house, especially if they're complaining that they have um, spirits in their home. So can you give us that process? Yes. Well, one of the first things that you have to do when you're working with a a non-beneficial energy either in the home or in the house is determine what type of energy that is. Uh, Sometimes folks will think that there's uh, something supernatural going on in their home when in reality they've just got some energy lines uh, going through their home uh, that may be disturbing their, their, uh, the, the, the peace of their home because it might disrupt the energy. The earth is surrounded by energy lines. It's, it's almost like a web that encircles the earth. And sometimes whenever these energy lines cross in an area, they cause a disturbance in that area that's very unsettling. Uh, certain animals... Uh, Actually, prefer those areas. If you ever have, if you have a cat, they'll find an area in your home where these energies are, and that's where they'll lay. And despite your efforts to move their bed or move them to another, they'll always come back to that same area. They are one of the few few animals that actually find that energy beneficial. Another is bees. Bees. My wife is a beekeeper, and we've gone out to work the, the fields where, where we have the beehives. And using L rods, going out and said, "Well, where is a good beneficial area to put these bees?" And we found areas where the energy lines cross, and we put hives there, and, and they do extremely well there because the bees are attracted to that energy. Mm-hmm. People is a different story. You may find this energy disruptive in causing, like, if you have these energy lines under your bed, they may cause you to not be able to sleep. They may be it's like the energy whenever you walk into a, a house and the couple that's in that house has just been fighting. They don't have to say a word. You can feel the energy in that home. The other thing is if you walk into a, a, the same house and they're having a party and everybody's happy, you can feel the change in the energy. Okay. Well, that energy is pretty much changing, but the energy from these energy lines is there all the time. So... If you find it, you have an energy line under your bed. The simplest way is move your bed, get it off of that line. Mm. But why, why would some energy lines not be beneficial and others be be good for you? Why would that be the case? You know, uh, there's different varying apparent, uh, opinions on that, Hanu. Uh, what we've done when we're doing dowsing these things, we simply ask, is this a beneficial energy line? Maybe with the flow of it, maybe the yin and yang influence, 
of the Earth's energies and the energy of the people that are there. I've also found that what's beneficial for some people is not beneficial for others. It's mm-hmm. like the what we hear about all the EMF uh, radiation coming from cell phones or from cell tires. Mm-hmm. You know how disruptive that is. Well, there are other people uh, who can who take that EMF energy and they are able using a process similar to our exercise to transform it into beneficial energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. See, if you look yes. at a battery, a battery has two ends on it. One is positive and the other one is negative. Mm-hmm. Okay, That doesn't mean one end is good and the other end is bad. It's just a flow of energy in that direction that makes up that battery. Right. So sometimes we can reverse that energy or change the pattern of it in order to make it beneficial to us. Mm-hmm. So humans have the power to change that. Is that what you're saying? I believe you do. I think that energy, mm-hmm. everything is composed of energy, and energy follows thought. And we can use dowsing exercises similar to the one we just did to be able to change that energy. Now, if you walk into a home and you feel that negative energy, and it's people, first people say, well, you know, the house is haunted, or there might be a... Well, then you ask the dowsing instrument, is there an entity here? Is there an entity, a non-beneficial entity? Mm-hmm. If there is an entity, then we go through the practices of just like we would be removing that negative energy. We ask that negative energy to leave. Okay. You know, we use our spirit guides and our angels and our benefactors call in that them to assist us in having this energy to leave. Mm-hmm. Go away. Don't come here and don't come back. You know, if you that is an that, entity. Do you think that's what the uh, various churches have used in the past in terms of exorcism. Is is that the same principle that they're using? I I think um, yeah, it's kind of I hate to use the term exorcism, but it's very similar to doing. What you're doing is removing a negative entity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you mentioned about low lines a few minutes ago, and you were in the flow of a, of a wonderful description, so I didn't want to interrupt you. But in this great time of change now, many people are becoming familiar with ley lines and how the various uh, sacred sites line up with each other. And, of course, everybody's familiar with the, the great pyramids at Giza as being uh, on a particular ley line. And in Ireland, we're familiar with the um, St. Michael line, for example. Right. St. Michael Mary line, yes. Michael Mary line. Now, why would they be more special? Let me just use that word for want of a, of a description. Why would that particular ley line be different than others, or stronger, or better, or worse, indeed? From what I understand, and, and just what I've uh, read and heard and talked to people who have actually been there and doused these things, that it's a matter of intensity. That the lines there are very intense. That's why you see an abundance of crop circles showing up in those areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why the, if you take a look at all, a ley line is just the alignment of sacred sites on an energy line based on the grid. That is what, you know, it's a ley line has to, and there's different versions of how many sacred sites have to be there over a certain length of time, uh, not so many miles, how many sites are there. But normally these things are, in the, in the William and Mary line, or the Michael and Mary line, are extremely strong. These are the ones that go through Glastonbury and through those places and through Stonehenge, and they're extremely strong and are easily doused. And we refer to these energy lines 
as dowsable energy lines. They're dowsable energy lines, as first according to the play lines, which means that there are sites lined up on. Yes. And if somebody was dowsing, or let's say they were dowsing for water or looking to find something, and they happened to be on one of those lines, would the influence of the ley line overpower their own question? Yes. You understand what I could possibly be? That's, that possibly happened, and it does happen. As a friend of mine has some property, and, and we've doused that many times, and he has an influence of uh, the lines called Hartman and Curry lines, which are extremely powerful lines that run in specific directions all over the globe. And they can disrupt, not only that, but disrupt water flow. And if you get an experienced water dowser, which I am not, but you, you get an experienced water dowser, he can actually affect the flow of the water. Wow. Changing these energy lines. And also, you, the lines coming to your home, they can be diverted so that you're not going through your home. That really, it takes an experienced person to do it really on site. Yes. See, there's yes. Real, getting back to the two types of dowsing. There's tangible and intangible. Tangible is when you see something and you can find it. A lot of these things are really intangible, and they're not something that you could see or take a meter out and find, you know. Yes, yes. And I know we tend to kind of swap between the tangible and intangible dowsing all the time. And let's swap to the tangible type for a moment because it seems that dowsing is becoming more understood or more in favor now or more accepted because we even see some television programs from time to time where the police force would actually engage somebody to find a missing person or, or, or that kind of thing. Do they – are they just – Trying, trying dowsing because they've no other options. All the other doors are closed to them. Or do they really accept the possibility that a, a psychic person can actually use dowsing to find a missing person? Well, I think that the, the government and the people in the government uh, may have their own reasons for doing things. But in the past times, they have used dowsers to their benefit. During the Second World War, uh, as the uh, allies were moving through various areas in Egypt and, and to the Middle East. Uh, the Germans were blowing up whatever well sites they could find and whatever water holes they could find. And General Patton actually incorporated dowsers to help find water. Matter of fact, he had an entire willow tree shipped from the United States to his site over there so that they could actually use the willow branches as dowsing forks. In, the, wow. in, in, in Vietnam, and this is a known fact because I've talked to one of these fellows, they used dowsers there to locate underground tunnels that the Viet Cong used and to locate underground weapon stashes that the Viet Cong used. They actually used dowsers to do that. Wow. Well, I don't know that, but that, that is a fact. Yeah, I want to go back to uh, clearing a home. We started talking about checking to see what type of energy you had in the home. So, um, you know, you mentioned if you get a yes for an entity, you, you ask it to leave. But let's say it's not an entity. And let's let's say um, maybe it's just old energy from people who lived there in the past, for example. Okay? Yeah. Uh, how would you clear that? Well, the, the same way you would do anything, you... Do uh, the little exercise we did with the pendulum. You can walk through your house and, and say, is this, uh, is this energy in this room? Yes, it is. 
And then you could go room to room, just like you were doing a Feng Shui sweep. You'd go through the room and, and, and say, any non-beneficial energy that is, exists here, I am transforming it, I'm scrambling the energy, and I'm transforming it into beneficial energy. And that's all there is to it. Okay, that's simple enough. And what, what about, um, you mentioned the crop circles before. Do you know anybody who's actually doused the crop circles? And can you, if you have, can you give us a heads up on um, are they predominantly positive or not so great? Or <laughs> There's a gentleman that we know uh, both, and we've been to his place many times, and that's Brian Chrissy, the uh, Crystal Creek folks. And they get the energy and water and and patterns from crop circles in uh, usually in the UK. And what we've done with these patterns of these crop circles is we've taken a bottle of water, set it on the crop circle, and I've dialed these crop circles to see what the rotational spin was. And mm-hmm. the primary one they uses has a counterclockwise spin. And we put the bottle of water on it. And we kind of meditate around it and think of the energy moving from that crop circle into that bottle. And lo and behold, after a little while, you can set that bottle of water to the side, hold a pendle over, and it will spin in the same direction as the crop circle. So the answer is yes, the crop sackers have a tremendous amount of energy. Some of them spin one way, some of them spin another. Uh Okay, and how would you determine, you know, how to use that? Well, the what we what we've done and what Brian has done is he's did run little experiments. He's put drops of water on various plants. And that water again, energy follows thought. Energy can be imposed upon matter. So the energy's been imposed on the matter of the water. Takes a drop, puts it on different plants, and we'll use other water on different plants just to see if there's a difference. And there seems to be a difference. The classic one is the hot tub. And anybody that has a hot tub knows that you have to put a lot of chemicals in there to neutralize the water and make it fit for use. And they have used uh, chemicals and water, you know, stopped using chemicals and used the charged water to actually keep the hot tub water pure and clean. And it does work. So you're using that that transfer of energy. Yeah, that's that's a famous swirling water essence. Right, that's the swirling water, exactly. <laughs> is there is there some way that we can accelerate, let's say, uh, and accelerate is an overused word these days in terms of the growth of awareness, but how would one who is new to all of this, Roy Dudgeon, how would somebody use dowsing to accelerate their own understanding of their, their life, their reason for being here, or their home, or or anything like that. How would they use dowsing to accelerate their own growth? Okay. we uh, Keeping everything moving in a beneficial direction is the first start. Dowsing is, again, accessing this field. It's what we do with it once we access it that makes the difference. We can use this energy by using, again, the, the pendulum or the L-rod as a focal point and asking questions and using daily affirmations as part of them uh, to, in order to continue to grow spiritually and physically and promote ourselves a better sense of well-being. You know, we can 
every day and every way I'm getting better and better and using the pendulum to reinforce that by making the pendulum swing in the clockwise position. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's, it's, again, I, I would forward anybody who is interested to Raymond Grace's website, R-A-Y-M-O-N-G-R-A-C-E. Raymond Grace has a lot of good information on this type of thing, and that's the type of work that we do with Raymond. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. is to see what we can do to continue, make our lives better. Yes. Now you've mentioned the word energy many, many times during the course of our of our discussion today, and it's the one word that many, many people in the mainstream really, really have a difficulty with. Indeed, there's one uh, colleague of ours, and what she says every time is, "As soon as you mention energy, you lose me." You know, it's it's a kind of a woo-woo type of a, a word that's overused also. Well, how how do you think people in the 3D world that are entrenched in, in, in 3D, do you think there's a possibility for them to come to understand energy as we know it? Yeah, I think the time is going to come, and I don't think it's going to be too far off when people start to go into their personal family physician and are not happy with the type of treatment that they're receiving or the type of uh, things that they receive back from their physician or their family doctor, and then begin to seek out an alternative form of healing. And I think a lot of doctors now, at least a couple that I've talked to, are incorporating a lot of healing into uh, energy work into their healing practice. Um, People go to chiropractors, and a lot of the chiropractors use a lot of energy work. People are going to use Reiki now. Reiki mm-hmm. is a very strong energy mm-hmm. work. And some of these things work were traditional, uh, you know, take a pill and call me in the morning type treatments don't work. Right. Uh, people yeah. are trying to avoid unnecessary types of surgery. Uh, people, you know, and, and not that dowsing is a heal all, or but just the mindset that there is an alternative to the standard type of treatment or the standard type of medications that we're receiving now. There is an alternative to it. Mm -hmm. But for those that are stuck in their mindset about the way Western medicine is, is there scientific proof that dowsing works for them so that they can cross that bridge? Well, that's one of the questions that's, that's, I don't believe, and I said this earlier, I don't believe that science has caught up to dowsing yet. Uh, we talk about, you know, it, it, traditional medicine, but in my aspect, the traditional medicine is the old-time medicine. It's the old-time healing through herbs and healing through intention. That's the traditional style of medicine, much like the native peoples do. I don't believe science has caught up with us since we, dowsing uses subtle energy. And subtle energy is not something that can be detected. It doesn't, it's not like EMF. It's not the EMF field where they can use a, a gauge to detect it. It's not something where they can uh, check it from magnetic fields or, or voltage. Uh, I hear all the time about scientific trials being performed and, and measurements being made, but I haven't seen any documented results that would convince the skeptics. I have personally seen dowsing in action, and I can attest to its validity. 
I've seen it improve lives and balance energy and increase things with property and people's health and and lost pets and all the things I've seen are positive. That's proof to me. I don't need to see it in a scientific or medical journal with a bunch of readings. And as we know from study of physics that everything is probability anyhow. And I see dialing as probability enhancement. You know, if we don't do anything, nothing is going to keep getting what we're getting. If we do something, then something could happen. So we're just enhancing our probability that good things will happen. Okay, uh, Roy, I want to go back to the tangible form of dowsing. And when somebody takes a willow branch, for example, and they go out on a piece of property and they locate water, what happens to the branch? I mean, how do they know that it's water there? Okay, well, the willow fork willow branch is held between the hands with tension. And uh, if you've seen any of the old dowsers that they pointed branches out in front of them and they have two in their hands in tension. Now, for the life of me, I don't know whatever would have made man somewhere or other decide he's got to cut a branch off a tree and walk around looking for water. I don't know where that came from. It had to have come from a higher spiritual intelligence that said this is what you do. But when you take that branch and you walk with it, and, it's, and it's, what I've done, even just to demonstrate it to people, I say, so you, you, and there's a lot of tension in it. You can feel the tension in it. And I would say, okay, find the door. Walk around in a circle and find the door and see what happens. Well, they know where the door is at. And as soon as they face the door, that branch will just turn downward. You can't even stop it from turning downward. Matter of fact, it will twist in your hands. Well, they knew where the door was at. So, so that gives them an idea, well, I knew where the door was at. Yeah, but what made it turn down in your hand? So when you go out into a field, and I've seen people doing this and I've done it, you go out into a field with the fork branch and you begin to walk across it with the intention that I am looking for water. Now, not just any water. If you're looking for just water, you can step across the garden hose and it'll you know, <laughs> turn down with that. Or you step across your the inline to your house and it'll turn down. And that's really how we teach people, actually, make a walk across the garden hose with the rods and the rods cross because there's water, moving water there. But they're looking for the energy of that water and they're just keeping the intent that I'm looking for water that is certain, it has to be potable water that is at a certain depth and a certain flow per minute and set that intention. And they walk across the field and then eventually whatever the energy is and where it's coming from, from the earth, will actually come up through them and force that rod down. Sometimes it's very violent to jerk down. I actually tear the bark off the branch down. Mm-hmm. You're listening well, to... Nowadays, Angel... more people use L-Rod fork sticks. You're listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu, and we're speaking with Roy Dudgeon about dowsing. Our call-in number is 805-292-0349. And if anybody wants to contact us, angelrose at angelrose.com. Now, I have a little story to tell you, Roy, about dowsing. Now, I didn't know anything about it at the time. I had a bed and breakfast business in Ireland, and this Dutch guy came and stayed for a couple of nights. And, And one morning at breakfast, he said, there's something going on with your land, and I am going to find out what it is. And I thought, oh, my God, what, what's, what's this? Is there something wrong or something negative or whatever? Anyway, he went off, and he came a couple of hours later, and he said, I have found it. I have found it. So I said, well, what did you find? 
He said, I have found not one, not two, but three vortexes on your land. Uh, and I, I did not have to breeze what a vortex was. But when I tell you what happened, I, I said, please show me, show me, show me. So off we went out into the field. And he said, stand here. So I stood there, and I'm looking around in circles, and I haven't a breeze what's going on. And he said, now stand here. And he made me step one further step. And it seemed as if I stepped into some kind of a little circle. Now, in order for people to understand what I was feeling, it's very like the image of Marilyn Monroe, where she stood on top of that hot air duct in New York City, and it blew her skirt up. You know that famous picture? Well, what was the sensation that I felt when I stepped into this imaginary circle? It was like a gush of air was coming up from the earth around me. And, and I was astonished because this is like 1993, and I was totally unaware of these kinds of energies. And he said, okay, come this way, come this way. He was all excited. So we went to another part of the land. And as it turns out, it was a kind of a triangulation. But he said, stand here. Same thing, didn't feel anything. And then he said, take one more step this way. And I stepped into another circle, but this time it was a, a pulling down feeling. I could feel my stomach being pulled down. My sensation was my blood was draining out of my body going down into the earth. And it, interestingly enough, I mean, he, he got me at this stage. I was gripped by this. He said, come this way, come this way. So over we went to another spot and again formed a, a triangulation and I stood there and I felt so confused in this third spot because he explained it that here the energy was going up and down. And what was really interesting about that was that as soon as you took one step, you were actually out of it. Can you explain what that was? What, what's the vortex and what was going on there? A vortex, there's two different types as you've just experienced. If you think of the, them as being a kind of a giant screw going into the earth, a, a positive spinning vortex spins to the right. Again, positive just being a direction. And it's just like screwing a screw into the, into the ground that is spurling and is going down. That's what you felt when it felt like you were pulling you into the ground. And this is energy that is being generated from the earth that is pulling the energy down. The other one is true of the other one. The one that is spinning counterclockwise is like unscrewing a screw, and it's coming out of the ground. Okay? It's energy that is coming out. It's a very narrow portal through the energy that is in the earth. Now, where you have the interesting one is the ones that go in both directions. And uh, those are the ones that are the most confusing. Then those are the result of two energy lines crossing. That up and down line that you felt or you felt like you were com the air was coming up underneath you, and the other one was pulling. Those lines crossed, and that's where you got that feeling of confusion. Mm. Now, that is very because interesting. Next up, it's like being on a radio station, the old-time uh, transistor radios, when you tune a station in. Yes. Sometimes you'd get in that in-between spot where there's no station, and all you would get would be static. And then right, yes. And actually dial it a little closer, and you get a radio station. In the old yes. days, on the old AM method, you might get two stations coming on the same gotcha. same band. And that's pretty much how that works. It's just a different flow of energy. Yes. Now, what benefit is that to, to anybody? I mean, could I have used those vortexes on my land to, for any reason? Well, I don't know what the... Yeah, well, there's some... Again, I, I mentioned that some of those... Uh, 
energy lays are beneficial, that they will uh, be of some use to maybe the location of animals, maybe the location of growing crops. Uh, what you, what a dowser would do is, and there's going to if you talk to different dowsers, you'll get different opinions. I've always tried to stay away from those areas that have those as far as putting down a structure or putting thing because I think that they, they can be disrupted whether they're positive or negative flowing. I think that's just like having an open circuit in your house that's not grounded. Like if you put in an electrical box and you didn't ground it in your house, you'd have that humming going all the time, which you felt. Yes. You know? Yeah. And there are certain ways it can be harnessed. I really can't uh, speak to any right now, but there are things that you know you want to stay away from in the vortexes or another. Another thing that occurs also that are very similar to vortexes are these spiraling vortexes where the flow changes. It will go in one direction and then change to another. It will flow in one direction, stop, and then come back and flow in another. Now those, uh, we generally refer to those as spirals, and it's very similar to like a labyrinth. And that energy is actually beneficial because it is actually cycling through the cycles. Yes. Okay, well, I have a, a very strange question uh, to ask you that we're going off on a little bit of a tangent, but I'm, I'm curious if you've heard anything. Sure. There have been reports around the world. You mentioned uh, humming, the word humming. But there have been reports around the world in different countries of people hearing strange sounds coming from they don't really know where. They can't seem to pinpoint it. Um, and certainly there's a place in Ireland, it's a town in Ireland that says that they've been listening to this hum for two or three years, and it's very disturbing to them that it's uh, some people are reporting that they're going crazy because they can't sleep and it's so loud. Um, and we've heard it also in areas of the United States. So have you heard about that? And if you have, um, does anybody give any opinion? Well, I've uh, not heard so much about the humming, but there are other things going on that uh, a lot of people are sometimes prone to say it's the government doing some things. You know, you hear people talk about contrails in the air and, and things being done in various water and contaminations. I have to, it's very hard to say what that could be uh, The in Ireland. Uh, it could be some earth-generated uh, energy frequencies, like we were talking about frequencies earlier, that they, they produce a humming. I'm not quite sure what that would be. I don't think I could speak to that. Okay. Well, thanks. I thought I'd ask. Now, Roy, uh, we've got thousands of questions, and we've only got a short few minutes left. But one of the things I know our listeners would be very interested to find out is, can dowsing be used for fortune-telling? And could you use dowsing to pick the lot of numbers, for example? Well, if you could use it to pick the lot of numbers, there'd be a lot of rich people, and I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't believe you dowsing speak is fortune-telling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of the people that hit the big uh, powerball the other day were dowsers. I don't believe that, that happened. Uh, uh -huh. I don't believe dowsing is fortune-telling. I think that uh, dowsing will tell you what is going on right now when you access this is being everywhere and every when. I, th I think you can say this is what the situation is now. You probably have better luck at 
finding out what yesterday's lottery number was than picking the one for tomorrow because that would have already occurred. There's a slight, uh, some people that will say that it's fortune telling and that they can you know, tell the future. and That's well and good. And there are certain different people that do different types of, of uh, divination. Uh, I think it's a problem if you start using it like a Ouija board because I think in doing so, you may access some things and some entities that you don't want to get involved with. Right, that yes. That kind of, yes. in my opinion, gets away from what Dalvin is. And no, I, I don't believe it is fortune-telling. So be there, is, there, there is a caution, then, with dowsing to, to keep it pure and, and clean and innocent. Is that what you're everything saying? Should, right, everything should always be for the higher good, the greater good. So I, I know that there's going to be women out there that are going to want to know and be really clear here. Can they ask, you know, they, they're going to want to know, can they use the pendulum to ask if uh, Billy is in love with them or if Billy's cheating on them? I mean, what do you think about those types of questions? Does that go in the realm of fortune telling? No, because if Billy's cheating on you, that's a fact. I see. Okay. You can say, "Is my husband at this time having an affair, or what at this time?" And you're either going to get a yes or no answer. That's not. Oh, I see. If you were to say, "Is he going to be in faithful me in the future?" That's fortune telling. I got you. I understand. Yeah. So, so that's good news for all the women out there who want to know about their love lives. Well. Uh, Roy, along the same lines then, do you need permission? You mentioned about permission earlier on. If you were asking about another person, whether it's a husband, wife, lover, whatever, do you need their permission to douse about them? Uh, yes, you do, but in the event of somebody wanting to talk about a unfaithful spouse, that affects you, and what you're doing is actually seeing, asking whether how that affects you. It's like anything else, and you wouldn't want to work on somebody or do something without someone's permission. In that particular case, you're actually doing it for you. You're working on yourself to see if you have been uh, been cheated on. But you know, doing a doing a like a love spell or make uh, Johnny fall in love with me—that's not what dialing is. No. Right. And you want to ask somebody if, in fact, I wanted to remove. Uh, negative energy on somebody that I knew, and I would say, I would like to do this. Can I do it? Do I have okay. permission to do it? Yes. Okay. Now, uh, another question that has been burning in my mind since we started speaking with you is the energy of 2012. And people talk about, you know, the Mayan calendar, the lineup of, of uh, the cosmos. How would that kind of energy affect your dowsing, if at all? Uh, and is it different now than it was in 2011 and 2010? I have not seen anything in far as affecting me personally. My, I have a different opinion of 2012 than a lot of folks do. I think that people who are seeking to become enlightened or are working on the, a spiritual path will be, have a greater influence when the change comes than folks who just don't care or are off on some other thing just not paying any attention to it. I think it'll it'll be a greater influence on the people that really seek it and need it. Mm -hmm. Whether or not these things come to pass with the tilting of the poles and the shift in the magnetic poles, that would have an effect because it's going to affect the energy of the earth. Whether that yes. actually happens or not remains to be seen. Right. And 
when you talk about using energy in your dowsing, I mean, to me, the energy field of the earth obviously affects that. Have you seen any changes in terms of the magnetic field changing? Because they're talking about realigning runways on airports in certain places because the the the, the uh, magnetic pole has changed. Have you seen that in your dowsing? Uh, I haven't personally seen it, but in some of the people that I've talked to, uh, there has been a shift in true magnetic north. Now, I don't know if it's something that you could pick up if you followed it with a, a, just a regular compass or not, but my, my understanding that magnetic north has shifted. Therefore, that would affect all the GSPs and the uh, uh, GPS and other things that are used for uh, navigation would be affected by that. So I could see why they would want to align the... Uh, the airport's different with it, but I personally haven't noticed it. Uh, my anything I do isn't that precise where it relies on on, the, on a magnetic pole alignment. But I understand it has shifted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now uh, we're speaking with Roy Dudgeon. We we're really trying to squeeze in quite a number of questions here before we close. Do in case we run out of time, Roy, give us your websites again so people can get in touch with you. Right. The Appalachian Dowsers is wncdowsers.org. WNC is in Western North Carolina, dowsers.org. The other website that's available is the one for the Apple, uh, the National Dowsing Association, American Society of Dowsers, and that is dowsers.org. A couple of other websites people may be interested in. I think they can take a look at uh, Doug Bennett's website. Uh, Doug is uh, a fellow that works a lot with the, with the quantum uh, the quantum field, and there's a, some very interesting stuff there. Sig Lonergan's website is also interesting, as is Raymond Grace. So those places you can go to find some information. And obviously, there's a lot of books that are out there that are available. The only one I recommend right now is. Sig Lonergan's book, and that's L-O-N-E-G-R-E-N-S. It's called Spiritual Dowsing, and it gives a lot of basic dowsing, earth dowsing, and and and, and energy-related uh, information in it. Well, thank you. This has been absolutely wonderful, and Ahana's going to give us a bit of a summary about what you've told us today, which we are at the end of the show. So he, I want to just thank you personally Roy, for coming on in such short notice, and we've totally enjoyed you being here today. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Well, we spoke with Roy, who gave us very, very valuable information about the dowsing rods, how they're used and what they're made from the willow and even two pieces of bent wire. We talked about subtle energy today and the fact that uh, it was used by his uh, people and his workers in coal mining in Pennsylvania. We spoke about the difference between tangible dowsing and intangible dowsing and how the intangible dowsing is used in various ways and the tangible one used to find things and used in police work and that kind of thing. Um, We talked about dowsing charts, asking permission to douse, how to physically use the pendulum. We did a wonderful exercise, and Angel Rose, for the first time, actually got a result, which she felt wasn't influenced by herself, and got that pendulum spinning, and she is humming from it, Roy, I have to tell you. Uh, We learned from Roy about how to clear the house of negative entities and that kind of thing. 
uh, Roy spoke to us about the American Society of Dowsers and the Appalachian Dowsers, of which he is a past president. We discussed ley lines, crop circles, uh, dowsing in Western medicine. We talked about vortexes, vortices, and indeed just in the last few minutes we spoke about the energy of 2012 and the changing of magnetic north and that kind of thing and how dowsing can be used to assist one in the whole process of the growth of awareness and enlightenment. Now we want to thank our sponsor which is Diamond Sun Hosting today. Uh, consciously hosting your spiritual website since 1993 at diamond and we want to thank Roy Dudgeon uh, the past president of the Appalachian Dowsers for being with us today Roy we thank you very very much we really appreciate your vast knowledge it's been a wonderful education for us Angel Rose is still buzzing here and we look forward to talking to you again in the future thank you all right that concludes our program for today everybody and stay tuned to next week at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Art of Living Well under the Honest to God series. Until then, thank you and bye-bye. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Ann Gale Rose and Ahanu.